fourth and manageable, an SEC football podcast brought to you by 2400 Sports. Now, here's Brad Edwards. All right, guys, welcome into fourth and manageable with myself, Ashley Holder, and the awesome Brad Edwards. As always, um, we had an exciting, exciting past weekend with some SEC football. Uh, we two did. games that we were talking about, Brad, were obviously Tennessee. Shout out to the Vols who go into number eight in the top AP poll. Number eight in the country. It has a beautiful ring to it. I have you know, to the best that. thing about that for Tennessee is they don't have to take the field this week. They're off. Exactly. So, so at least we so, stay top ten in the country for two for another week. Well, it's you know? not it's not just that. It's like sometimes you know when you get that top ten ranking for the first time in a while, you go out on the field with a lot of pressure and and maybe you lay an egg. I've seen that happen so many times, and so a lot of times it is kind of a relief mm-hmm. to not have to go play a game when you get that single digit next to your name. Mm-hmm. Brad, let me tell you something. The the UT men's basketball team, okay, quick story, was number one in the country after, I don't even know who they beat. I can't remember, but they beat somebody. They turned number one in the country, then went to Memphis the next day and lost. Yeah. We weren't even number one in the country for <laughs> 24 hours. Uh, didn't even give but you time you know to what? enjoy it. Yeah. Those five hours, boy, I went crazy. Okay. Yeah. And that is the last time I saw a number one next to the 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 name Tennessee. So we're on our way. You know, we're you weren't watching baseball now. season then because Tennessee well, was ranked true. number that one in true. baseball for That's a true. lot the of baseball, last Shout out to yeah. them. Shout out to the baseball yeah. team. I never ever went to a game. So there's that. But I also don't like being in the sun that much, though. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Tennessee, huge win over um uh, Florida 38 to 33 and then another game we spoke a lot about was Arkansas and Texas A&M that was a big game uh Texas A&M has clearly shown up the last two weeks they get a win over a ranked team 23 to 21 so for you Brad what were you watching what what stuck out with for you with these two games that we've specifically talked about how big this was yeah, obviously uh, another big win for AM because we were talking about it two weeks ago. You know, you you look at coming off that loss to App State and the next four games on the schedule were all losable. And you're thinking, could this team possibly start one and four, one and five, excuse me, one and five? Yeah, after a preseason number six ranking. And, you know, we all thought it was possible. I mean, look, Based on what happened last weekend, I'm not sure Miami is that good. I mean, they lost by double (laughs) digits at home to Middle Tennessee. So maybe Miami was overrated. Um, Who knows how good Arkansas is. But uh, not to diminish, though, that Texas A&M went out and won two games that that were losable. And now they're, you know, back in a much better spot uh, in the the win-loss columns. And and, uh, now they've got a chance, if they can win this weekend at Mississippi State, uh, to c- kind of have the type of season that people thought that they were going to have uh, going in. So a big win for them. You know, for Arkansas, I just feel like when you're in the SEC West and and your roster's not loaded with five and high four-star talent, you're probably going to play a bunch of close games during the season. And you're going to win some of them and you're going to lose some of them. So I, I think that's just kind of life in the SEC in general, but especially yeah. in the West you just got to have a short memory and go out and play the next game. I think it's real easy for us to say, oh man, that one's going to sting for a while because Arkansas had every opportunity to win it. Um, But you know what? They've won a lot of games and lost a lot of games that came down to the wire in the last, in the last year. So 
Um, I, I don't know that it really affect them as much. And they've got Alabama coming up this weekend. We'll talk about mm -hmm. that in just a little bit. Um, so they got to get ready uh, for the next game up. You know, for for Florida, I mentioned. Let this me on say, Saturday let nights. me say one. Let me say one thing about Texas A and M. We were talking about how they had not notched three hundred offensive yards. Three hundred yards. They did it. They surpassed that. Okay. I don't think they reached three fifty. Yeah, exactly. No, no. They didn't. They didn't hit three fifty, but they did. They did Progress. get over three hundred. So yeah, Brad. baby steps. Exactly. Baby steps. They took a baby but, step um, Shout out to the Aggies for that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Way to, to go, way to go, Jumbo. No, that that's good. That's <laughs> worth pointing out. Um, but you know, on on our show on Thursday, we talked about how important it was for Florida that Anthony Richardson stepped up and played like Anthony Richardson did in the first game against Utah. If they were going to have any chance of winning, well, he totally outperformed what he did against Utah. He played about. I mean, you couldn't have asked that kid to do anything more than he did in that game. What it came down to is that Tennessee's quarterback was just as good. You know, Hendon Hooker was doing everything for his offense. And it really was just a battle of those two quarterbacks just going back and forth. And it came down to turnovers. Hooker just protected the ball better than Richardson did. And that was that was the end of it. But I think if you're Florida, as much as you are not ever going to claim a moral victory in the SEC, and especially not against Tennessee in a loss, um, there still was a lot to take away from that that was positive for the Gators because the offense did come to life after two really bad-looking performances. So I, I think there's that. Certainly there are defensive questions. There are probably even more questions on defense um, after what Tennessee did to them for four quarters. or I mean, really three and a half quarters because that game was close at the end because Tennessee yeah. kind of took its foot off the gas and was – they they got out of what they do. You know, they're all tempo, tempo, tempo. And you get that 17-point lead midway through the fourth quarter, and you're thinking, okay, now it's time to kind of run some clock. And I've seen that happen so often when teams get away from what they do best, and it ends up being counterproductive. And, and that you know almost came back to bite Tennessee there. Um, but then the last part of this, the Tennessee side, that was a, a huge win for them. I, I think it's easy for a lot of us to just look at, okay, Tennessee was the higher-ranked team. Um, they were a double-digit favorite. They were playing at home. They're supposed to win that game. You would think mm -hmm. that the way it ended, it's like, oh, major sigh of relief. At least we didn't blow it. And I'm sure there were a lot of sighs of relief. But when you look at the post-game reaction uh, by the Tennessee players, like you see how much that win meant to them. And – when when you read that stuff and you see how excited they are to win a game, you understand how dangerous that makes this team moving forward because this is not a team that's playing with a lot of pressure. They don't have this weight on their shoulders because of expectations. They are enjoying winning. And, and you can't blame them after what they've been through. Yeah. But I, I think that's what makes Tennessee dangerous for teams like Alabama and Georgia is that not only are they getting better, but they're having fun out there playing and they're enjoying winning, even if it's a, a close game that maybe shouldn't have been so close. Um, and, and so that's kind of my takeaway from Tennessee is that, is that the type of fun they're having going out there and playing each Saturday and winning games. I think, I think, makes them the type of team that you don't want to play if you're a highly ranked opponent. Yeah. Like you said, they're, they're going into the bye week with momentum and that's exactly what you want, right? You're, you, you've just beat a huge rival 
rivalry type of team, right? And even though it came down to the wire, you still got it done. Now you have a week to rest. Your your starters getting some rest and, you know, just taking care of their body, getting that treatment done, and then you come back and you play LSU at that point. So would you say that Tennessee really is the real deal this year, considering, yes, we see that they have the number eight ranking in in the country, but are they the real deal? I mean, can can this team – give those Georgias, those Alabamas, and Arkansas, whatever type of team, a run for their money. Yeah, I I think they are the real deal as far as being deserving of a top 10 ranking. And you look at the teams that are ranked around them. To me, this is usually the way you do it. When you ask, does a team deserve to be ranked where they are? Okay, look at the two, three, four teams right in front of them and right behind them. Is that the company that you see them in when you start like putting teams in tiers. And I I think Tennessee is in the right company uh, within the polls. And the, the other side of it though, you asked, okay, are they, uh, you know, maybe a threat to a Georgia, Alabama? I don't Mm -hmm. know. It's it's too early to say, but, but I, I think what's important for people to remember when it comes to that is that in college football in recent years, there has been a huge gap between the top two, three, four teams and then everybody else. And this year, I think the cutoff is between three and four. Now, I realize Alabama got played to the wire at Texas, and sometimes that happens. Um, but but it's been fairly common in in recent history for you know for teams that are ranked one, two, three. Those teams that you're going to see in the college football playoff for them to go out there against another top ten team and absolutely embarrass them because sometimes the gap is that big. So. It, it's not really a reflection on Tennessee's program if they aren't competitive with Georgia and Alabama. Obviously, they're trying to get to that point where they can be. But as far as being a legitimate top 10 team, I, I don't think being competitive with Georgia or Alabama is really what what uh, determines whether you are a legit top 10 team. Almost mm-hmm. anybody's going to get blown out by those opponents on most days. So, so for me, it's really about can Tennessee take care of its business against the rest of the SEC schedule? And uh, if they can, they should be favored in every other game. If they can do that, then yes, they are a legitimate top 10 team. Yeah, we'll talk uh, coming up in just a little bit about the rest of the schedule and how that looks for those teams like Tennessee, Arkansas, Georgia, the rest of the SEC as we're getting more into the thicker play of uh, SEC play. Um, but for you, Brad, you know, what else jumped up at you this weekend? There's, there's a couple other storylines that, that were kind of cool this weekend besides, you know, Tennessee just becoming the number eight ranked team in the country as I like to, you know. Just yeah. Like, yeah. When you, when you look at the, at the polls on Sunday, one thing that, that jumped out at me, I can't even say it jumped out at me. I have to give credit to, I, I was contacted last week by a pastor in Kentucky Mm. who who is a big stats nerd like myself and he wanted he to be wanted, on the show he well no he didn't and he <laughs> didn't even ask I'll, I'll, his name is john franklin I'll, I'll give him a shout out but he made me aware of this number something that i was was not previously aware of and and i've written a book on alabama football's dominance and most of that is around nick saban and his accomplishments but i didn't know this which is that with this past sunday's poll nick saban uh, set the record for a coach for number of weeks that his team was ranked number two in the AP polls. The 57th time a Nick Saban coach team has been number two in the AP poll. It, it, it passed uh, Tom Osborne of Nebraska 
for for most all time. Saban for quite some time now has already had the most weeks ranked number one. So, I mean, just to give some perspective on the the type of dominance that this guy has had for a long time now, like it just to to have the most weeks at number one and the most weeks at number two. That says something. And I, I haven't crunched the numbers to see exactly what the percentage mm-hmm. is over the last like 14 years or so. But I would imagine it's a very high percentage of the polls that have come out that that Alabama has been ranked either one or two, um, which is it's just remarkable. Not that he built what he did as far as a, a team that became dominant but to have sustained it for as long as he has. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it really is unprecedented. It's hard to stay consistent. It is. And, and, and you know, there's so many teams in the SEC, so many coaches in the SEC are judged up against Alabama. And, and it's hard for people to keep the perspective that this is historical greatness. Like this is, we will never see this again. And it's completely unfair to judge any other program, uh, up against what Alabama has been doing for the last 14, 15 years, because the the best programs in the history of the sport have managed to to sustain that level for maybe six or seven years, Mm -hmm. but, but not double digits. So that was one thing that jumped out at me. And another thing, and this wasn't cool. um, You asked like, there was some cool stuff. This was definitely not cool. And uh, I mentioned at the end of Saturday's podcast that uh, Texas A&M's best receiver, Anaya Smith, um, if you're watching the game, you saw it was a pretty gruesome looking injury. He got rolled up on from behind while he was blocking mm-hmm. and, um, it looked bad. We felt like there was a chance that it could be season ending. And that was confirmed, uh, for us earlier this week, he's out for the season. And, you know, as you mentioned, this is an offense that's been struggling to yeah. break 300 yards and now without their, their best receiver. Uh, I, I just have a hard time seeing this A&M offense really start clicking and become potent at any point this season because um if they were ever to get that passing game going you figured he was going to be a major part of it so we'll see but i just i hope for a uh a full recovery for him because he's a guy who's got a chance the next level yeah definitely you always hate to see those groups of injuries or any injuries at all and, and and watch those players go down knowing how much especially for that team is struggling a little bit but on the up and up is what it seems like and then you take a big hit like this i'm also on another note about um alabama when you look at alabama too you just look at how many players they've also sent to the nfl you know let's not it will say nfl cfl um xfl usfl <laughs> i mean I, I they've got to probably be you know definitely leading in a lot of those categories as well as how many coaches have worked with saban right who've worked under oh. saban next to saban whatever i mean this guy has like you look at the tree, right, where you have all the branches going out and whatnot. Yeah, I don't even know where that tree stops. To be honest well, that, with you, like it's crazy. that's all part of that's all part of the greatness of yeah. of what Saban has done. There is that it's not just that he's put together great college football teams that have won a lot of games and won a lot of championships, but so many of these guys have gone on to make tons of money in the NFL, um, and then you have guys who've coached under him who have gone on to become head coaches at, at a number of other spots yeah. and uh, have ended up doing very well for themselves yeah. too. So it's, I mean, so many people who have been associated with, with Nick Saban at yeah. Alabama, whether it was as an assistant coach or as a player mm-hmm. uh, have, you know, have, have 
really been able to profit from that experience uh, moving on in the game of football. And I'm sure, as is the case with with any coach out there, um, there are others who may have never had a, a career in football beyond you know, their four years in college who will end up be being better off for the experience they had playing. That's not, like I said, that's not unique to, to Saban, but obviously yeah. his influence and and whatever over players is, is not just restricted to the football field. Yeah. I can't imagine how many baby invitations, wedding invitations that this guy has. He probably has like 20 kids named after this guy. Well, you know, what's know. funny. They did a feature on game day many years ago about the number of kids in the state of Alabama who had been named after Bear Bryant. Uh-huh. And and they had like a like a get together for all of them in Tuscaloosa. Like basically, you know, here's a party. Mm-hmm. If you were named after Bear Bryant, come for a lot of yeah. I mean, most of them That's are cool. are pretty old now. I mean, you're talking about yeah. people like in their you know, certainly in their forties, maybe even mm-hmm. some in their fifties, um, who were, who were named after and probably mostly, mostly thirties and forties. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that time is coming now, if it hasn't already begun where people in Alabama can start naming their kids after Nick Saban. Oh yeah. There's definitely 15,000 Sabans right now. I I'm, I'm just sure of it. You know, but um, thing is, Bryant, Bryant works as a first name. Saban, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's very clear why you know. <laughs> that's you right. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I don't know anybody named Saban, but if I did, no, I, I, like, I don't so either. Were your no. parents an Alabama fan? Because that just doesn't make any sense to me. Right. Like I'm not going to go name my kids Vol. 